Sorry about that. My dog started barking. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> I can edit this out. Hey, so- oh, this guy's killed me. And with those lovely notes from Giuseppe Verdi, it's time for another edition of Serie Sit Down. This is Rural Football Index podcast, designed by fans for fans of Calcio at the highest level. As you can tell, I'm not Frank Ravello. Um, Frank is off this week. Uh, there was a passing in his family, and we want to we want to wish him the best and uh, tell him our, our thoughts and prayers are with him. Um, so I am going to be flying solo today. Oh, the only I'm going to be the only regular on today, I should say. Um, so I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm not going to do this one alone. Uh, joining me uh, to be my co-host today, my wingman, if you will. He's a Swindon Town fan and an AS Roma fan, uh, 31-year-old, making his fourth cap on Serie A sit-down. I'd like to introduce the two-sweet Scott Monroe. Benvenuto, Scott. Thank you for having me on, and i also like to uh, pass my condolences and thoughts to out to Frank at, the, at this time. So I just want to wish our best to him and hope that uh, mm. he, get, he gets better real quick. Uh, uh, so we had a, an interesting week of Calcio, uh, and uh, before we get to that, uh, Scott, there was uh, some breaking news this week or this weekend uh, today, uh, mm-hmm. and it was announced that on Thursday, Gigi Buffon uh, will officially be making. Uh, he'll have a press conference, and it's it's widely uh, known that he'll be uh, basically putting up his boots and and retiring. Um, let's talk a little bit about him because he is one of the legends of all time, uh, at least in my opinion. I don't know how you feel, but uh, what a what a great gentleman he is, and uh, if you want if you want to right here, you can say uh, say a little say a little bit about uh, what Gigi meant to not only football to you, but you know just in general what, your feelings. Yeah, um, well, I've been watching football for about twenty four years now, um, and then seeing Buffon when growing up watching Serie A, I'm seventeen. Uh, in 1995, he's grown. He's done brilliant for Parma, for Juventus, and for Italy. He's had an absolute stellar career at all three, all three teams. And then just recently, I think he's a, a little bit tarnished um, after the Real Madrid game. I know things were said, and it, yeah. un, un, understandably, that it was 93rd minute penalty that was given away. And I, I think if it was at the other end. You play fans would be calling for a penalty, and then what was said about Michael Oliver, um, and then Oliver, and then his wife, who is also a referee in the UK, um, got some absolute horrid abuse due to it from UVA fans and football fans worldwide. And I think due to that, that's just recently just tarnished his career. But uh, on uh, other than that, he's had an absolute wonderful career, like won championships, won a World Cup, pretty much saved Juventus. <laughs> yeah. countless times um, stayed with Juventus when they got relegated due to Calciopoli and, and won the Serie B title um, but there's a little bit of tarnish about it and the on, only thing other thing I could say is that it's a bit gutted that he won't, won't win the, a Champions League because I think he deserves it with Juventus I know they've been a bit unlucky in finals, I thought they could have won it against Real Madrid, but um, it just didn't go right for them in the second half. Barcelona was a bit of a stretch too far. 
I know against you guys in Milan uh, in 03, that was a pretty much an Italian final which went straight to penalties. But yeah, um, a legend. And uh, I don't think we'll ever see another player like it in goal ever again. Yeah, for Italy. Well, for Italy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's definitely some youngsters now that uh, people hope to be uh, become like Buffon, but you know, we'll we'll see. It takes uh, several years to at least get even you know even mentioned with that. So, oh yeah, and uh, I think Donnarumma, who's a, apparently to be the heir, might have a little bit of growing up to do in goal due to recent form. Mattia Perrin, who's had um, a couple of seasons as like. Oh, it's probably about five or six seasons that they thought he was going to be the new Buffon. He's, um, he's still a great goalkeeper, but he suffered with a, a, quite a lot of injuries and a, a bit of off-the-field problems. Never know, he could be the new Juventus keeper for next season. We'll just have to wait and see with that. But Buffon, just a, a, a legend. Yeah, if he's not the new Juventus keeper, he'll be the new Napoli keeper maybe even. so. Yes, uh, very, yes. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, Buffon, um, we knew that he would retire at some point we just didn't know when it was i mean he he could probably play another five years for all you know we didn't know when when the day was going to come so yeah the fact that it's, they said this thursday is going to be the press conference uh 5 30 my time 10 30 your time in the uk and then yeah 11 30 um in italy uh it's it's the day has finally come uh so a little bit about him you know buffon who's 40 years old currently this year uh to date uh, he's made 37 saves this season and 11 clean, 11 clean sheets, all while only playing 18 games for Juventus. Uh, he's been splitting duties with uh, Chesney, excuse me, this season. So uh, that's impressive numbers. I mean, if you you know just forget his club honors, he's won 81 individual awards in his illustrious career. Wow. Um, some of the main ones that I want to talk about, he won Serie A goalkeeper 12, Serie A goalkeeper of the year 12 times since 1999. Uh, he was in Ballon d'Or voting four times. Uh, he was voted Best European Keeper three times. Uh, he was voted Goalkeeper of the Decade from 2000 to 2010. Uh, best, goal, best Goalie for the past 25 years between 87 and 2012. He was voted the Best Goalie of the 21st Century. And if you ask me, I, I think he's the best goalkeeper ever. Uh, I know people are going to say, you know, Yashin and, and throw a couple other names out there. but No, uh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but... Uh, I can't. There's not, not much you can say about uh, Buffon. Just the character he is, person. Uh, yeah, he, he's he had a little tarnished, like you said. Well, we can forgive him for his one mistake. I think uh, he's been a true gentleman of the sport and and humanity, really. And his char- his charisma, his smile, his passion that he has for the national team. Um, it, it's gonna be he's gonna be sorely missed for sure. Oh, without a doubt. And he speaks very very good English as well. Yeah, he does. Surprise. There's very few people who speak uh, very good English on the Italian national team. Uh, yeah. It's he, Chiellini, De Rossi. I think maybe that's, that might be it, actually. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Chiellini. I saw interviews with Chiellini uh, during last season's Champions League run on um, BT Sport, and he becomes across very eloquent. Oh, he's, a, he's also a doctor as well. Is he? Is he? Yeah, I think wow. he picked up it. If I'm not correctly, some Juventus fans who follow me and will listen to this podcast, I think he's got a degree, yeah, but I'm not too sure. I'll have to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <defense. laughs> yeah, I think he has his PhD. Uh, I'm not too sure in what field, but I I read about it last year. Well, we certainly want to, uh, you know, give uh, Gigi Donnarumma, uh, excuse me, hey, Gigi Buffon, uh, his, uh, his, certainly his dues. Uh, he's, he's been an excellent keeper, and um, I think on that note, we're just going to, Transition and talk about the match week that we just had. (laughs) 
All right. So normally we talk about the biggest games of the weekend, and uh, we and we and we hit those first, and then we go to you know the rest in chronological order. Um, this weekend, though, I think the the biggest games, Scott, were actually the relegation battles. Um, those were very interesting races. All the games were interesting. So I think we're gonna hit on those first. Uh, but what'd you make of that? What'd you make of this weekend? Uh, all the scores and uh, and the games that we had. Um, I think in the games that I was watching that had uh, connotations for relegation, um, I watched the Crotone Crotone Lazio game, and that was end to end, twists and turns, um, getting the goals updates from the other teams in the relegation fight, and uh, it was like more connotations like. Uh, at one point, Crotone were 14th. Next minute, they're 16th, 17th, and in the relegation zone. Kievo, who were like losing at one point, was like struggling at Bologna. And then in the second half, they were winning and they were like 15th. It's just a crazy weekend at the bottom half of the table, and there's still more to come. Yeah, you know, going into this weekend, if you looked at the table before the weekend, then you looked at it afterwards, you'd be like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> Yeah, what's going on? Chaos. Uh, So let's let's get into it real quick, and and we'll we'll dissect that, and then we'll go on from the rest of there. Um, So we apologize if you're Juventus and Roma fans, Inter Inter fans, Milan fans. uh, Your time will come, but this time is for the relegation right now uh, because they had a heck of a weekend. Let's start with Benevento and Genoa. Um, two low, two low scoring teams that are set to battle on this one uh, as Benevento hosted the dentist chair that we called the the Genoa. no score in the first half, as you would expect. Uh, Genoa thought they were getting on the board when Giuseppe Rossi freed himself up in the box with trickery, only for a shot to be stopped by Christian Pugioni. Uh, the rebound ended up going to Lapadula's way. He look, he gets taken down in the box by Bright Giamfi, or so it appeared, Scott. Um, uh, and, and, you know, Lapadula goes down. The ball goes right to Genoa forward Eddie Salcedo, who also gets stopped by Pugioni. But um, at first, I thought Lapadula was fouled on the play. When I looked at the replay, I had second thoughts. So what about you? What did you, you see on that play? I saw the highlights today. I don't know if I'm in, they might have not shown up. This is on the, the official Serie A Tim YouTube page. I've described to that. It, it looked a little bit soft. I've seen others soft penalties given this season, but it, not for me. Yeah, it was, uh, like I said, first time when, when I was watching, I was like, oh, that's definitely a penalty. How did they not call it? And then you watch the replay and you're like, eh, he kind of made a meal mm. of it. Yeah. I, mean, I thought Giamfi did did well to get in the way, but I don't think that he actually touched them. If he did, it was barely, you know. So uh, I'm surprised he didn't get a yellow for that. And uh, actually, so uh, Lapadula that is. So um, yeah, it was. It would have been a soft penalty had they given it. So I'm glad they wasn't called. And Salcedo got a, a great shot off that Pujoni made a, a wonderful save. So those two saves within seconds there. Um, Minutes later, Oscar Hillemark, uh he would be thwarted by Benevento keeper, and the rebound will go out to Stefan Ome. Omeongo, uh, whose shot into the top corner was also stopped by Pujoni. Pujoni was having a world of a game. Um, you know, it's not often we can say that uh, Benevento was uh, playing, or the keepers play, playing really well, but he was in this game. Yeah, it's, um, he's ex Sampdoria, isn't he? He he's, is. They, they done a, a, done a swap deal uh, in January. Not the the first time a, Samp key, uh, a Benevento keeper's gotten the headlines this season, has he, uh, Richard? No, no, it's not. And, and, and it's funny with, with, with Pujoni, actually, because he's actually a Sampdoria guy. Um, yeah, he's a so, massive Sampdoria fan. Um, do you know so the story I, about him with yeah, turning down yeah, Genoa? 
yeah, he didn't want to go to Genoa um, because he's got massive Sampdoria roots and um, he didn't want to let the Sampdoria fans down. That's great. And he came up big in this game. Maybe that's why he started because they know when he plays Genoa, he just plays top notch. Um, so those those few shots that uh, Genoa had, that's probably as close as Genoa would come to scoring. Um, it looked like we were going to get a goalless draw. And that was until Enrico Brignola uh, with a fantastic run. Uh, he ended up finding the inform, and I do mean the inform, Chic Diabate, who was clinical and gave the host a winner in the 87th minute. Diabate, he's just been scoring goals lights out in the last month or so. Uh, what a what a what a way to end the game for for Benevento. You know, it's too bad it's too little, too late with them, but uh, it's great to see they're still fighting in, and and they they maybe they do belong in Serie A, but it's like I said, it's it's too little, too late. Maybe next time. Um, if they got, um, I wonder if they got him a little bit early. It could have been a different story because yeah. he's had one hell of a run um, since January. Um, when I was a, like on a, on my way to America, he may have scored a couple in the rearranged games, which were postponed due to the sad death of Davide's story. Right, right. And then yeah, and he's just been their focal point up top with Brignola. I like feeding him and he's just been scoring goals for fun he looks he looks raw like he's a like a raw t- target man but he can finish like that the goal on um saturday evening was one hell of a finish so that was the uh that was the uh last team in syria benevento getting a win against genoa uh so that really didn't have an effect on the race but these next few games did um hellas veronas would host udinese um, we'd only get one goal in this relegation six-pointer, and it came off a corner in the 20th. Uh, it was a nice play. Uh, it looked like a training ground move, and uh, Danilo ended up getting the ball, swinging in across. That Antonin Barak got on the end of Udinese getting a vital three points in this one with one game to go. Uh, it looked like for a, for, for a week there or two that they were going to be relegated. Uh, you know, They had lost so many games in a row. Last week they finally got a win with a new manager, uh, and then they get it again this week. Uh, big six points these last two weeks. Definitely, it was um, a pretty much a hairy, scaring time for Udinese. And like that, it's at Masmorado. Igor Tudor's come in, who didn't do well in Turkey. I think it was a Galatasaray. Yeah. Um, so like twelve was it? Twelve defeats in thirteen. It's like they picked yeah. up one point out of thirty-nine. Um, they got absolutely walloped by Inter a couple of weeks ago, and um, I thought up until last week they could be sucked into it and could be relegated but this is a massive massive win for them and like like I said earlier that so many twists and turns over the weekend and for so many teams in the bottom half of the table like in February I did not expect Udinese to be dragged into it and they've just literally got out of it by the skin of their teeth it's really uh for for the Frulioni fans, it's going to be a heart attack a week in a week out because it, it, it's unnecessary. This team has the talent to be a mid-table team, if not better. And they just for some, they were there for they were, for a while. They were for a few weeks. They were they were in Europa League contention. Mm. I thought they were going to get Europa League, and then they went south big time. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunately, a mass, massive massive fall from grace. It's like since yeah. February, like I, they lost to Roma and they lost a couple of games beforehand. And then they just went on this massive losing streak. And I watched the game against Inter. Inter could have won it about 10 or 11, honestly. And they were so, so bad. And then um, they, it needed a change and some fresh ideas. And I think that the, 
the, you can see the relief with the, the wins in recent weeks, and it was much needed for them because you don't want to be dragged into a relegation battle and could be playing Serie B football next season. For such a team that is built by Udinese and uh, the amount of money they'd like to rebuild the ground which, which is looking very nice at the moment yeah uh, with such such talented players in their squad that it'd be a sucker punch now we're going to move on to another team who who's sitting outside at the moment uh, of the relegation battle and that's Spal and they they were uh, on the road against Torino La Granata hosted uh, the very feisty Spal team in this who you know they were trying to stay in Serie A mix for at least for one more season um, and surely we're looking for a result in this one. Uh, that was Iago Falque, who looked open to scoring early in the end with a screaming left-footed shot from outside the box that was well saved by Alfred, Alfred Gomez. Um, Spal took momentum from that save and turned it into a goal from the right foot of Alberto Grassi in the 21st minute. Um, beautiful strike there. It seemed more like Sirigu wasn't prepared for the shot. Uh, I thought it was a savable shot. I mean, good for Grassi to, to get it on target. Uh, but ultimately, I think it was Sirigu's fault for the for the goal to go in, and uh, uh, great for Spal because hey, they're on the road, you're in a relegation fight, and you get a goal early. Uh, you know, that's, it's it's always a great thing to do. Yeah, go go and one ahead, um, a team who's literally on the beach, as we say in yeah, the UK. Exactly. Uh, I don't know if you guys say it over there, and um, yeah, we do. I, I actually haven't seen the highlights because I was hoping to watch a little bit, bit of it online. So I can't really comment on the game myself. But while watching the other games, I was seeing the score come in. And this just felt like it was a little bit of a sucker punch for Spa when uh, De South Estri scored at the end. But they 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 can fight to the uh, to the end because I I think they're they're pretty much safe. It's we'll probably go into the other games that I think is between it's one team that uh, is in 18th who pretty much could be down at the weekend. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that team. Uh, uh, so as far as this game, you know, that, that goal by Grassi, uh, he almost scored an identical one almost 20 minutes later. Grassi took, uh, tried to repeat the efforts from the same spot. It seemed like took a shot again, but Sudigu this time was ready for the save and made it, uh, kept it at one, nothing. Um, Ilgalo Andrea Balotti did try his his best to beat Gomis with a header uh, from a corner, but he was denied uh, in the second half. Uh, Alex Berenguer, he hit the crossbar early in the second half. Um, though Balotti was stopped earlier, um, you can contain him, but you can't stop him. Uh, Berenguer, uh, again, in, the, in and on the action. This time he fed Balotti in front of the net, and he finished through the legs of Gomis to level it up at 68th minute. Um, at this point, Torino really were starting to put it on uh, Spal, uh, trying to get the win. Gomez came to the rescue shortly after that goal uh, when Falke slalom through the Spal defense. I mean, he he did his best Messi impersonation, uh, went through the entire defense, and and Gomez luckily saved uh, saved him because uh, it was a beautiful beautiful play. And had he scored, it would have been a goal, one of the goals of the season. Um, so from there on, um, uh, it was still one one going late, uh, and then Torino left it. You know. Andrea Blote got the ball, uh, and he turned playmaker this time, and he assisted on a lovely goal, like you said, uh, a cheap shot, if you will. Lorenzo Di Silvestri gets his fifth in the winner, and Spal dropped big points. Uh, it looked like they were going to have a point in this one, but they uh, they lose all their points in this one, and Torino win 2-1. to one. Do you know that um, Di Silvestri is a massive South Park fan? I did not. I did. That's a nah. very interesting tidbit. No, I, I found out uh, a couple of years ago. I think he does one, if I'm not 
mistaken, he might do some of the voiceovers for the Italian South Park. I think he's also got a tattoo on his arm That's of Cartman. Um, by the way, uh, I know we were talking off off pod. Um, Fulham have just beaten Derby. Oh wow! Wow, yeah, that's, that's live action right there, folks. <laughs> yeah, so I was watching. I've, I've had the Championship playoff semi final on in the background. They've just won two 0 and there's a massive pitch invasion. That's football. You got all these relegation fights uh, and, and and promotion playoffs games. Oh yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, that's great to see. And we, are, you know, Serie B is ramping up very soon. Uh, that's going to be very interesting as well. We should see a few pitch, uh, pitch invasions in those as well. So. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Maybe for the good or the bad, we don't know yet. Yeah. We'll stay tuned for that. <laughs> so, Spal, they drop big points in this relegation battle. Um, would they be safe at the end of the weekend? Well, you know, it's still time to tell. Um, going into the next game, it'll be Bologna hosting Kievo. Uh, Donadoni's men hosted the suddenly resurgent Kievo team, who had a big win last week against uh, uh, Crotone, who they're trying to fight really uh, for that last spot, it seems like. Uh, the host, though, they would be benefited from a handball by Kievo in the 11th minute. Naturally, Bologna's talisman, Simeone Verdi, stepped up and gave Bologna the lead. Um, both teams, you know, it was pretty pretty even after the goal. They traded uh, quality opportunities back and forth. Uh, no more goals in the first half to speak of. Um, but it wouldn't take long after the restart. Il tocco verso Giaccherini. Di primo Giaccherini! Giaccherini! Full metal! Giaccherini! Un gol incredibile! Fa un gol meraviglioso! Emmanuel Giaccherini with an oh my lord volley. I mean, woo, what a shot to the upper 90 leveling the match in an emphatic way, Scott. Goal of the weekend? Goal of the weekend, no doubt about it. Yeah, some strike, left foot volley, top corner. It, was, it pretty much gave Kievo the impotence, and uh, and then we know we all know what happened afterwards. They got another one, and then sealed the win, and pretty much could have saved, uh, sealed their uh, Serie A safety. Sorry about that. It was a bit of a start there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That goal that gave Kievo that spark that they needed because they were looking lackluster for most of that game. And it is, you know, that goal that you mentioned happened just 12 minutes later when Bobby English, a.k.a. Roberto Inglese, did his best Latan Ibrahimovic impersonation, beat two Bologna defenders and rocketed past Antonio Mirante, gave Kievo the very important three points. Like you said, um, they're trying to stay above Crotone and and other teams, and uh, that was big six points these last two weeks for them. Yeah, definitely. Kievo, I watched them against Roma the other week um, before Roma played Liverpool in the Champions League. And like I said about Udinese, something needed to change. Like Roma absolutely walloped them and um, it, it could have been a cricket score. It, it could have got ugly. And you can see the, <laughs> the confidence of Dan Roma it could have been about five up at half time, but the, the game ended 4-1. And it was pretty much one of Roma's easiest home wins this season against a struggling side. But in, in recent weeks, they've picked up crucial points. And they always seem to do it at the end of the season. They always seem to struggle for the majority part of the season and then pick up crucial points at the end of the season and then survive by the skin of their teeth. Um, see, John John Solano tweeted something out. I hope that, like, he said something like, Kie- I really hope Kiev will get relegated. <laughs> to that sort of extent, it was the tone that he set, said it in. And I'm thinking, yeah, something needs to change. I really, they, they've been struggling quite a lot recently and something needed to change. And fair play to them, they do it 
year in, year out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's funny because Frank and I had been calling for the for the sacking of Moran for the longest time, and we're like, you, if you want Kievo want to get out of this relegation fight and get back to where this should be, you need to change the manager. They never did. They stuck with him, uh, hoping that he would turn it around. He just couldn't do it, and finally mm. they finally pulled the trigger with three weeks ago. Uh, but good for them, you know. They're they're they they found they found the 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 extra gumption that they needed to get out of it. And uh, last two weeks, uh, they put on some uh, great performances or great, they got great results, I should say. So good for them. Um, going to the uh, another game in, that was involved in this relegation battle is Fiorentina hosting Cagliari. Uh, this was a big game for both teams as Fiorentina was trying to stay relevant in the Europa League race while Cagliari were trying to avoid relegation. At this point in the in the before this the, this match week started, Cagliari actually held the last the 18th spot um, as far as relegation goes. So um, it's a very big game for them. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but before the game, there's a very touching gesture uh, by both captains exchanging the Astori kits uh, as gifts. So Fiorentina received an Astori Cagliari kit. Oh, cool. And, and Cagliari got the Viola uh, Astori kit. And for those who don't remember, Astori played for Cagliari from like 2018, uh, 2008 to 2014, something like that. Yeah. Um, so it was a very touching moment. They took pictures. Uh, it's very, very sweet, sweet gesture. Um, I'm sure that's going to go to like proceeds or going to go to the family or whatever. So mm. uh, it's, it's really great. Um, so now, now onto the match. Uh, this match very much seemed like a playoff affair. Uh, neither team was really giving up much. Um, there's really one moment of brilliance, and that came in the 37th minute off a Cagliari free kick where Leonardo Pavoletti got on the end of it. Uh, scored the goal, and that was enough to see off La, La Viola. An important three points for Cagliari because they escaped relegation, at least for this week. For now. Um, have you seen what happened after the final whistle? I did not. There was some... Let's, let's say, uh, apologize if, if I swear, there's a term, shithousery, which um, there was some... <laughs> Calorie, um, what I've heard, I haven't seen the, the game myself, were time-wasting for 40 minutes. And Jordan Veritu got sent off for, let's say, a, not a very pleasant challenge. Um, I, uh, I quoted the video. It's on my timeline. Um, it's a bit reckless. And then Stefano Pioli got sent off for after the final whistle as well. Some, some antics were flying around after the final whistle. Wow, it's uh, I tell you, these these matches are are feisty, and you know, and, and Fiorentina knew that there were big points in stake because they wanted to make Europa League, and um, unfortunately for them, Cagliari were the were the hungrier of the two teams, uh, and like you said, there was a red in the game, they were too god, and and so, hey, good for Cagliari, they were in beach mode for a long time, they they finally coming out of it at the right time because uh, otherwise they're gonna be looking at Serie B next season, and it's the last place they want to be. All right, so the last game we're going to talk about in this relegation fight uh, was Crotone hosting Lazio. Uh, Crotone fans fully back in their team, opened with a wonderful tifo before the match. Um, I, 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 didn't, I didn't even think uh, the Crotone fans were capable of a tifo, but they certainly did. Um, it, was, it was nice to see. Uh, Crotone, they know they needed to try and get a result from this if they wanted any chance to avoid the drop. Uh, things started rough for the host, though, as Senad Lulic drew a penalty in the 17th minute. And then he stepped up to take the kick, and he converted it. Scott, was that a penalty for you? Debatable. Um, if it was given at the other end, I don't know if Lazio fans would be um, would be happy. It, it looked soft. Um, I, I'm surprised he didn't go to VAR. 
Yeah, that is a very surprising, actually. Yeah, because VAR is, has been heavy in use this season, Serie A. It, it's supposed to stop the massive error um, that the referees... I know that they're human and they made mistakes, but it looks off. Um, fair play to Lulic. Um, it was a long wait for him to take the penalty, and he literally just got it in past Cordaz. Who yeah, was he, very, um, he had his hand on it, I thought. Yeah, I think he got his fingertips on it. Cordaz was very up for this game. Um, you could see it in when he's marshalling this defence as well. Um, but fair play to Crisone, who fought back... Um, in the game, but yeah, for me, the penalty was a little bit soft. Yeah, yeah, I can, it was not the softest penalty we've seen this year, but it's certainly, you know... It's up there. It's up there. <laughs> Cortoni, though, uh, after giving up that goal, they would respond with positive play after the goal. Um, ultimately, in the 29th minute, Bruno Martella, with a perfectly lofted pass, found who else? Saimi with the header to level it up. The score at one to one. Saimi, he's another player who's been having an excellent, excellent run of form lately. He's scoring a lot of goals in bunches. The 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 tall, the tall striker got another goal. This guy is uh he's a joy to watch. He is. Um, um, he scored against Juventus in the last midweek act, round of action. Uh, Didn't he have the overhead kick or something? The overhead kick, which is one hell of a goal. He's um, he's a very good target man. Um, he's very gangly, but he the header was brilliant. It was a perfect cross for him. All he had to do was just nod it past the keeper, and he did. It's a lovely finish. Now, I, well, I for one, I'm pulling for Crotone for personal reasons, just because I kind of want to see a couple people said they may get a, a Siamy jersey if, uh, <laughs> if if they stay up. So I want to see that. I got me, last year I got myself a, a Diego Falcinelli jersey, so I want to see some Ah, cool. Get. Is, yeah. Are you going to name names who are going to get the, the Siamy jersey, or is that just... Well, one, one is my co-host. Um, oh, really? So I'm not going to say his name, but I'm sure you can figure it out. You know? Oh, yes. <laughs> I kind of volunteered him too, and he said, "Ah, he he think he'd do it." So I, that's why I'm going to hope, pull for Crotone in this one. <laughs> I was I was hoping for this one um, because of the story last year. It was yeah. the same same fixture last season and the last day of the, um, the season last last year where they pulled it off. That was a miraculous escape, and yeah. then if they can do it again, that is a that is a hell of a ride. And they looked a better team this year than they did last year. They look like they belong in Serie A this season. Yeah, uh, they, their their offense is much better. Their defense is better. Their crowd is uh, is much much more enjoyable now. It, it's uh, they're they're a joy to watch this season. Mm-hmm. Um, Walter Zenga's doing a, a very good job. Yeah, he's had a bit of a checkered past um, with his coaching career. One hell of a goalkeeper. One hell of a player. And it's what he's done for his playing career. But his coaching has been a bit. Uh, sorry, he's had not the best. Um, he was, Much to be he was, desired. Yeah, his member is reign at um, Sampdoria, where they lost in the Europa League qualifiers. He was at Wolves, which now Wolves are now a Premier League club with all the um, the Mendes money. Yeah. But um, he's done a, a really good job just to turn their form around and playing a, a, a unique style of football. That they, <laughs> That if you're they're fight, they're playing fighting football pretty much. They got a guy uh, Marcello Trotta um, caught a little bit of the Sassuolo game the other week. And, he's a good um, player. He's a good player. Um, I remember him. Uh, he once missed a penalty for Brentford, which cost them 
in the 94th minute against Doncaster in League One on the final day of the season 2013 where he took the penalty, he hit the crossbar, um, Doncaster went up the other end and scored and that clinched Doncaster the League One title and then <sighs> Brentford got into the playoffs. So they someone, were like Someone was telling me the story the other week. That's a, that's a, that's a crazy story. Yeah, it was a crazy story, but he's a, he's a good footballer and... Um, they, he seems to work really hard for the team and try to help see me up top. Absolutely. Um, so uh, the score now, you know, with Simi's goal was uh, knotted up at one. Um, Alex Cordaz, as you mentioned, he would be called up to make a couple of big saves against Lazio. Um, he was huge in this one. Like you said, he was up for the game. Uh, we've we've been we've been making fun of Cordaz pretty much all season, being on our crap on our cracker team. Uh, but in the last month, he's had really really good performances, and he's obviously trying to play his way off that team. And I think it's safe to say he will be off that team um, with his performances uh, this game. Not, this game included um, the host, though they found more scoring, uh, and that came in the 61st minute off of Andrea Barberi's free kick, which found Federico Jeccarini, who scored off the post, and Crotone looking for a shock result against Lazio once more. However. That man, Sergei Milinkovic Savic, he would not allow that and scored a late equalizer as Crotone and Lazio drew two to two. So the question is now, how did all those games impact their standings in the table? So let's take a look right now. Um, in eighth and on last place, obviously, is Benevento on 21 points, uh, just four points above them, Hellas Verona. Uh, so they look like they're getting relegated. Now in the relegation zone, 10 points uh, above them at 35 points is Crotone. Uh, the, the loss to, to Lazio, the, the, last, the late goal that they gave up, uh, it put them in, in trouble. Um, so they're at 35 points. Tied with 35 points, but they have a better goal difference by three is Spal now. So Spal are in jeopardy of also getting relegated. Cagliari with the win, they move up to 36 points. At 16th, at 15th place, uh, one point above them is Udinese. Uh, and Kievo also has 37. Um, so those teams see, all seem kind of safe. It's going to come down to Crotone, Spal, and really Cagliari. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's topsy-turvy how, how one, week, one, game, one, one weekend can just change the table completely. Oh, definitely. The only downside for Crotone, their last game of the season is away at Napoli. It is at Napoli. That is daunting. Yeah, yeah. if they would have got... If they could have held on for was it eight minutes, um, yeah, that could have been a different story. But SMS delivered again, Dini Filazio. He is he's a great player. No, um, no pun intended for that. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> awful joke. Sorry about that. Spal, uh, you you mentioned that Crotone play Napoli. Spal, they play Sampdoria in the last week, which is never an easy match. Um, you never know what kind of uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde uh, with, with Sampdoria. You never know which team you're going to face. Spal uh, at home. Yeah, so that, 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 that bode well for them. But yes, then, yeah. Cagliari have Atalanta. Yeah, and Atalanta are fighting. They, uh, they need a point, and they've got a good goal swing over Fiorentina for the, is it the last Europa League spot? Yes. So you've got both sort of teams fighting for something. So that would that's 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 a crazy action from the from the relegation zone. Uh, let's talk about the rest of the games from uh, this match week thirty seven. Yeah. 
So getting back into the other games in this in this one, um, we're gonna go to Inter Sassuolo. Inter were hosting Sassuolo. Sassuolo would they play rude visitors and open the scoring in the 25th minute of a Matteo Politano free kick low to the right hand corner that passed Samir Hamdanovic. Um, the informed Politano continued to shine and raise his price tag. Scott, uh, he's he's had a, a marvelous run of form in the last month or so. And this free kick, he was smart. He smart played it smart. He knew that the defense, the wall was going to jump, and he kept it low. And Handanovic could do nothing about it. Yeah, it was a, a smart free kick. Um, he had a transfer deadline day move to Napoli, which could have happened, but yeah. um, I think it all went a bit awry. Um, he's he's a hit for me. Scored against Napoli not so long ago, which may have started the dent for Napoli. Yeah, um, I watched the game on Saturday night. Oh, it was fun watching Inter try to, um, as a Roma fan myself, <laughs> I've, I've been there and <laughs> watching a team frustrate, get frustrated by a team who's uh, not struggling, but me- mid-table mediocrity yeah. at the moment. Um, so Suero deserved the points. They played very, very well. Politano and Barardi up front. Especially Politano for the goal as well. Lovely free kick. Very smart. Outwitted the whole um, inter wall yeah, and, and, and the goalkeeper. Uh, reminded me of a few free kicks I've seen in the past. One by Kolarov earlier in the season where he hit it under the Atalanta. Yeah, one. yeah. I think it's a lot easier. I thought he could have blasted it in, but like, it could end up in, um, in the higher seats in the San Siro, but he fooled everyone. And um, yeah, it was a lovely free kick and fully deserved a spoiler at the beginning of the game. Minutes later after that goal, uh, Rafinha made a bursting run toward the box and slipped it to Marcelo Brozovic, who let off a high shot that was saved really well by Andrea Consili. Uh, we're going to mention that guy's name you know, several times in this because he was stellar in this one. Uh, Inter continued to try and beat the Sassuolo keeper, but Consili made stellar saves on Antonio Conreva and then Moro Icardi point blank. Uh, first half would end on that lone goal by Politano. Um, Concili, going to the second half, Concili, again, he would uh, make another point-blank save on Mario Icardi. Um, and, and when it seemed like Inter had no way of, uh, of, of getting a result out of this, things got worse. Uh, and that was in the 72nd minute. Um, a great right-footed shot by Domenico Berardi in the top corner uh, gave Sassuolo a 2-0 lead at this point. Uh, Rafinha would get a consolation goal just eight minutes later, but it was too little too late as Sassuolo surprised Inter at home with a 1-2 victory. Uh, like we just said, you know, Inter, they, they need the points right now. They're trying to get in the Champions League spot, but, you know, results like this is not going to help them. And at the end of the season, when they look back and say, why didn't we get Champions League? Well, it's because they, they lost their concentration in, in matches like this one, and they had to find – if they ran into an inform player in Politano and a team that's uh, kind of resurging back in, in Sassuolo. Mm, definitely. To be honest, um, Icardi had an absolute stinker. Um, so many times he was free from on and he's goal. he's the last player you think would do that. Yeah. He's, he, was he top, is he top goal scorer in Serie A or is that still Immobile? I think it's still Immobile by one. By one. Um, yeah, he, he did not have the best game. A guy who has beaten cancer twice and is also an ex-Milan defender and a ch- in a Cherby had him in his back pocket all game. The whole Swallow back three and, sorry, the goalkeeper, so the back four, um, had stellar games trying to contain Inter's forward line. Um, Inter tried to go to a back three and tried to match it and um, for me it didn't work. 
Um, Rafinha had a wonderful game for Inter in the number 10 role. Um, he's a player which has turned a lot of eyes for me in Serie A in the short time he's been here. Um, I, I think due to FFP regulations, it's going to be hard for Inter to keep him for next season and Xiao Cancelo, uh, the right back, um, who had a, for me also, also had a very good game. Uh, Kandreva and Akadi did not. Um, Akadi struggled up front. Kandreva's crossing was, um, let's just say, horrible. Oh, I yeah. literally turned turned over in the, on the third minute. I was watching something else, so I literally just turned over and just seen him get the ball and absolutely shank it out for a goal kick. Um, just to say, safe to say that Lazio Inter next Sunday um, at the Olimpico on Sunday night is going to be uh, quite interesting for that final Champions League spot. That might be the game of the of the of the weekend. But though I think even if Inter win, I mean they're three points behind now. They'd have to win by seven goals, I think, to overtake Lazio. Is the goal differential the difference maker? Head to head. Oh, it's head to head. So who won the first one? Was it a draw? No, no, yeah. Ah, okay. So it is. It is a that is a big game right there. And we yeah. already knew it was going to be a big game because we knew that. Uh, they're both teams are going to be battling for the Champions League spot. Icardi and Immobile are going to battle out for the Capo Caninieri. So this gets revved up even more because we know every point is vital and Inter have to win to, to get the Champions League spot. So it should be very, very entertaining. Um, speaking of entertaining, let's get to a game where, uh, big Europa League implications were on the line. There's a big Europa League six pointer. And I'm talking about Atalanta Milan, uh, with the winner certainly going to Europa League next season. Um, this game was played in the pouring rain. Uh, all, cre- all credit goes to the Bergamo fans uh, for the great tifo of Giampiero Gasparini before the match. Um, Scott, did you get a chance to see the, the tifo on this one? It was a homage to a, yeah, he's a he's a great manager. He's great with young players and uh, the things he's done both at Genoa and here at um, Atalanta. Um, he's deserving of this credit and and, and the tifo. Oh, without doubt. Um, I did. He had a massive smile on his face because um, yeah. uh, he was up in the stands. Um, I tweeted it out, and um, if you want to check it out, it's on my timeline. Um, yeah, he, he loved it, and he's done an absolute stellar job for Atalanta in the last couple of seasons. Um, it, literally, the spine of his team last summer was gone, and he's done an absolute brilliant job to get him into Euro- Europa League spots again. He's uh, one of the coaches of the season for me. Oh, that's no no doubt about that. He yeah. is, he's a he's a he's he does so well with with what little talent. Now, every year, teams pillage his teams and take their best players, and he just continues to produce players out of nowhere. He basically takes guys from like the supermarket and makes them like stars. So, uh, good for him. And speaking of a couple of those guys, um, uh, Atalanta had close calls. They nearly scored. Uh, former Milan man Brian Cristante had a couple opportunities in this one early. To get get the lead for Atalanta, he missed. Also, soon-to-be Juventus defender Mattia Caldara missed a, a glorious opportunity from right in front of goal. Somehow pushes it wide. Uh, so at this point, it's still zero-zero. And then you knew we know in these kind of games, former players always come back to haunt you. We thought you know maybe the Milan, former Milan players would come back to bite them. It turned out that the former Atalanta player Frank Cassie he would score on his former employers, and he did the classy gesture of not celebrating the goal. Uh, even though this goal was big in terms of European implications. Uh, but uh, he did well. Uh, the whole play started where he did a nice back heel flick to, I forget who, the ball bounced around. And I think Kalinic had to send him up with a pass, and he just blasted a little corner. Um, good goal for him, good, good lead-up play by Milan. 
Um, and again, he's classy by not by not uh, celebrating that goal. Um, and then we get into a little bit of controversy in this one, uh, and, and I'm bringing Scott on this because uh, Rafael Taloy he would receive his walking papers in the 64th minute. Um, so lead us, lead it for those for those who didn't watch. Uh, lead everybody what to, what happened because it was it wasn't just a red; it was two yellows within a matter of seconds. Yeah. Um, and- Sorry, Richard, I didn't mean to cut you oh, off. No, no, please do, please continue. do. Um, he, I can't remember who he fouled. Um, he, Atalanta was sort of pressing high. Toloi was chasing after someone. There was a bit of a, a come together. Not not a, a bad challenge, just uh, like picking up a yellow card. And then a, a moment a man has come over him. He walked away and we just sort of referee pull out a second yellow and a red and I'm just thinking what's going on here I thought everyone was in shock the, com- the commentators because we BT sport show the Serie A and, um, over here and everyone's a bit of a shock but then you see the replay and Yen Sarkasi applauding the referee after picking up a yellow is a bit stupid <laughs> I, I, I still can't believe in 2018 you still can get booked for sarcastic applauding um yeah, you can punt someone in the face off the ball and then not pick up a yellow, and then you can get one for sarcastically applauding. But it was a bit stupid. Um, Marco Guida, the referee, um, safe to say he didn't have the best ninety plus minutes officiating the game. Was um, I think the total tally at the end of the game was eleven yellows and two reds. Ridiculous! That is ridiculous. And, and, and to be honest, it wasn't really a spicy game. I think the conditions played it played its part. Yeah, poor torrid rain. It's pouring rain yeah. so much. Um, and you you would think that that red card would favor in Milan's in Milan's way. Uh, but apparently Ricardo Montalivo decided it wasn't fair that they had the advantage, and he got himself expelled as well for a terrible studs-up tackle, uh, and we were back to tennis side. Did you think it was a straight red by Montalivo? It was nasty. Um, I think he just tried to even even it all up. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to get off the pitch so bad. He didn't want to play get his hair wet, and he's like, you know, i got to get off get out of here. Yeah, to, to be honest, Montalivo, <laughs> as he was walking off, he looked downbeat. But I can see why it was given. Yeah, I wasn't sure at first when I. Th- I mean, I, I, yes, it did look like a, when live play it looked like a rough tackle, and then yeah, I'm like, well, still, why, why couldn't I get a yellow in that? And then I looked and I said, well, his studs were up, so I, I, I like you, I can see why the red was given. But I mean, it looked worse in live play than it did in replay. Um, yeah, slow mo, it looks a lot worse. Yeah, um, so. The teams were up ten aside. Milan clinging on to this one point lead. Uh, we get to ninetieth minute. Still, you know, still Milan with the lead, but Atalanta left it late as Andrea Masiallo got a header in the second minute of stoppage time uh, to equal the game at one one. Game would end basically after that goal. A uh, big, big goal. It, 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 it's an understatement to say that was a big goal by Masiello, um because Milan would have leap for Milan would have been in, in sole possession of the last place. And now, you know, they they share the points in that one, and then now it comes down to the last week because currently Milan remain one point ahead uh, of Atalanta with one game to go. Milan obviously have to play against Fiorentina in their last week, and Atalanta. Um, they got Cagliari. They're at Cagliari, so that's not. That's uh, if you want to say who has the advantage in the last week, you're gonna to have to say Atalanta for sure. Um, so 
that's another game you're going to want to watch to see is Fiorentina against uh, Milan because uh, Fiorentina obviously want to get some revenge and get and get some three points and try to make it respectable end of the season. Uh, they had a you know rough season as we all know with the passing of Astori, but they they found they found themselves you know after that and they've gotten themselves back into contention. So if they get a win next week, they'll they'll be one point off and really. The seventh spot in 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 the table is, might get you a Europa League berth, um, depending on what happens in the. Oh wait, no, that's not true. Actually, Juventus won the won the Coppa yeah, Italia. So, so doesn't it, Yeah, so it doesn't it go to seventh spot? Yeah, so it could be Atalanta, it could be Fiorentina, it could be Milan. Uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah. it depends what happens last week. Yeah, because it doesn't. The season start forever finishes sixth or seventh, like horribly early, like preseason. You've got. Yeah, it happened last year with Milan and uh, yeah. for Milan against Juventus. Yeah, and then you've got Europa League qualifiers in, I would say, late, probably mid to late July. So yeah, late pre- July, early August, something like that. Yeah, and they probably, like, uh, I would say, is it two rounds of qualifying and then straight, you have to go through that. And then that's pretty much most of your preseason done. Yeah, I mean, if I remember from last year, the first uh, first leg of the qualifier was in the end of July. Second leg was in the first week of August, I believe. So that's that's really early because most teams are just getting to preseason at that point. <laughs> yeah, so I think in Europe, it's preseason, um, especially in Italy and I would say Spain, because the, the leagues start a lot later than France, uh, England. Well, in England, it normally starts like six. 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th of August. Um, they're, they're, the preseason normally starts like mid to late July. So, yeah, you, you're pretty much spot on there, Richard. Well, so with two games remaining with the two top dogs left to play, um, we're going to run through this real, really briefly. Is um, Sampdoria hosted Napoli. Um, Napoli trying to end the season on a good note. Um, you know, second, second to last game of the season. Um Arkadiusz Milik would score in a 72nd minute to give Napoli the lead on the road. And then Raul Abial uh, cemented the game just eight minutes later, giving Napoli a 2 nothing win at Sampdoria. Very good victory uh, and a tough place to play. Um, and then we go into the, uh, to the, the headline game, if you will. It's Roma against Juventus. Uh, it was an interesting game, Scott, um, as a Roma fan. Uh, your team was pretty much dominating the game for the first 60 mm. minutes. And then... Um, Nangolan gets himself sent off, and it, it kind of changed the momentum of the game, didn't it? Yeah, um, Roma struggled to break down Juventus. I, in, in my eyes, Juventus came to to Rome to pick up the point, and that's what they got. Um, Roma liked to play out wide and literally construct all their play out wide and literally tried to get the crosses in to Dzeko and try to get the runners in. Um, Juve... They played like a four four two three one with Bernadeschi and Mandzukic out wide, but they played him quite defensively. So it was like a back six on when defending, and then they tried to hit uh, Roma on the counter attack. Uh, Roma dominated with a lot of ball possession, but struggled to break down the Juve backline. But the, <laughs> the stat that I saw in the whole game is Juventus had no shots on target and there was only two <laughs> shots on target in the whole game um, the game pretty much changed when Nyngalang got sent off for um, picking up two yellow cards the second one was for um, a, a late challenge under Bala um, 
he did get the ball, but his momentum on the challenge got the ball. And then the last 20, 25 minutes were uh, Juventus just playing keep ball. Uh, it was like a training session at the end. And it, fair play to him is, is what they, they had to do and they got it. And um, it, for a Roma fan, I thought Roma would probably like last season Roma won 3-1 and uh, put a little bit of a dent I wanted um, to get like third spot wrapped up with a game to play but um, evidently it it didn't happen it's a bit of a bitter pill to swallow after the game just to see that it was just we couldn't really contain Juventus for 20 minutes because they were just trying to play keep ball it was it always just like passing around the back, just going from side to side, and like Roma with ten men, and it was just um, you can't really attack with ten men. You have to stay in your shape, and or Juventus would have just picked you off. Yeah, and you know Juve, they've won their seventh Serie A title in a row now. Um, it, it obviously yeah, Allegri gets a lot of kudos for this for winning four straight and. And the team has been so consistent, uh, even though when we, you know, all, they got pushed all season long by, by Napoli. And, and for many, they thought that Napoli, this is their year, but, uh, give credit to Allegri and give credit to Juventus. They kept at it. This did, this did the Juventus thing. They, they barely allowed any goals, uh, in 2018. And consistency wins and defense wins. And uh, Juventus certainly have both of those. Uh, so we look at the table now. Um, at least the top half of the table, Juventus, uh, 92 points. They locked up. It's obviously locked up the Serie A title. Napoli got 88 points with a week to go, and they go against Crotone next week. Your Roma, they are at 74, 74 points, just two points ahead of uh, their Rome rivals, Lazio. So that's next this next weekend is going to be very big. I mean, like you said, mm. you guys hoped you got a win, so you wouldn't have to worry about the last weekend, but you still do because you need to win because if Lazio somehow win, they leapfrog you in that, in that guaranteed Champions League spot. Oh no, it's um, on head to head. So it's Roma picked up a win and a draw. So it's like they need one point away. It's a swallow to guarantee third spot. Ah, very good. Yes. So yeah, but Lazio Inter. Um, that's the game of the weekend. Absolutely. So let's look at some of the games next weekend. Uh, we're not going to talk about Juve Hellas because it's first against basically the second to last. So who cares? <laughs> and, um, if I'm not mistaken, that's now the Saturday game because there's the fixture the time and it is it, is, it is the only one on Saturday correct oh is, is, no, is there no Saturday night game according to Lega Serie Tim no there's uh, there's all Sunday games except for the Juventus one oh, okay okay um, so Genoa play Torino no whoop there Cagliari Atalanta is a very interesting match for both teams uh, Chievo Benevento mostly for Chievo that's a big game uh, Milan Fiorentina Europe, Europa League implications in that one Napoli Crotone that's more of a game for Crotone they need to get some points and try to stave off uh, relegation uh, in, the, in the same breath Spal as well and they're, and they're hosting Sampdoria they need points to uh, try to avoid relegation Udinese and Bologna uh, Udinese though they are pretty much safe uh, they want to see out the season on a good note uh, hosting Bologna the big one that you mentioned Lazio Inter obviously uh, so many, so many, so many storylines to talk about in that one, and then Sassuolo, Roma. Again, if Roma get a point, they've locked up third place. And uh, Sassuolo, they're in, they're in, they're eleventh place right now, so there's nothing too big for them to worry about. But the the game that everyone's going to watch is Lazio Inter. I mean, several of these games you want to you want to keep an eye on because uh, the relegation battle is just ridiculous. 
But Lazio Inter, that's the game everyone was going to watch. It's it's fourth place against fifth place, uh, trying to get that last Champions League spot. Three points separate them right now. Lazio up by three points. Um, Immobile, will we see him? Who knows? I, I don't think so, but he's got a one-goal lead on um, Mauro Icardi for the Capo Canigneri. Uh If Inter, you know, aren't, aren't the lead in that one, you know, they're going to try to feed Icardi, trying to get him that uh that that title as well so it's it's a very juicy game and it's going to be high scoring i think i don't think it's gonna be very defensive what do you think um if Lazio can get luis alberto back that could be interesting because he's the one of the guys along with um malinkovic savage who's had a wonderful season uh behind the mobile um i honestly think Lazio will edge this out just um, it's going to be a compelling game. I don't think it would be like the game that these two had all those years ago in 2002 where the league title was um, on the line where Inter went to Rome on the 5th of May 2002 with the title in their hands and then they lost 4-2 and absolutely bottled it <laughs> and then handed the title to Juventus who won at Udinese. Um, it's going to be quite tight, I think. You see, might get a lot of mistakes, a lot of pressure, but I can see this Lazio team, if they can get Alberto and maybe Mobile back if he's fit enough um, to eke out the, the final Champions League spot, but it's going to be compelling for you and um, it's probably going to be the biggest game of the season for both clubs and it's going to be a, a lot of, lot of high stakes on the game. So it's it's going to be interesting uh, if that if Lazio do prevail, you're going to have two Rome clubs in Champions mm. League and the two Milan clubs in Europa League, um, and it's you know it's not too long ago we were seeing the opposite, you know. So yeah. uh, it's good for both Roman teams, absolutely. And uh, yeah. anytime that rivalry can push each other to further the limits, um, it's going to be interesting to see how next season pans out. But both 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 teams are certainly going to be contenders for maybe maybe talk of Scudetto next year. I mean, we'll see how how. You uh, say with Francesco and and uh, Simone Inzaghi can improve their teams. Uh, both teams certainly are capable of challenging Juventus. They just need to find some consistency. Uh, Lazio definitely have the scoring to keep up. Uh, they're the highest one of the highest. I think they're the highest scoring team in the league, but they need to find some defense. <laughs> <laughs> and especially the story is um, Stefan De Vrij, isn't it? He's um, allegedly joined Inter. Inter for next season. The the story is that last week the contracts were all done and dusted and um, yeah. Sunday is his last game. Couldn't it be a story if he nabs the, the winner for his old <laughs> club to get him into Champions League football against his new club? But um, uh, That'll as go you, well. Yeah, as you said about um, teams for next season, someone has to stop Juventus because um, for me this season Juventus have literally won the league um, winning ugly, which you have to do as as champions, don't you? You have to win ugly. Napoli's been playing some wonderful football this season, but you don't win trophies for playing beautiful football. You win trophies for getting top spot. But um, Juventus for next season, I think there's going to be a bit of a rebuilding job. I hope uh, Allegri deserves to stay. I don't think he'll go to Arsenal. Um, I think that will go to someone else. Um, but whoever breaks it it's going to be interesting to see, to see who does next season because it could be eight it could be nine it could be ten someone has to break the monopoly of Juventus winning the Serie A titles yeah and then don't discount the Milan clubs too next yes, year maybe they, maybe, they, maybe they get back into the fray Milan was 
people thought they were getting to this year, but maybe next year, depending on what happens this summer, they could be in it. Inter, you never know with them. Icardi, Icardi and Perisic, if they can keep Perisic and Icardi, they'll be very dangerous next year as well. So. And Brozovic as well, who's had a he's had a very good second half of the season. Um, I think if 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 it wasn't down to FFP, if they could have got Rafinha and Jao Cancelo for next season, that could yeah. be interesting. Um, I always thought with Milan this would be like a, a second year of like a five year plan where it's rebuilding, but then. If they got the money for next season, they have to replace Kalinic and get a better striker in for next season. But he does so well for them. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine what if, if Frank was here, what he would say. Um, I can hear but, him cursing from Wisconsin right now. Yeah, but um, it's, it's, it all depends on what happens in the summer. If um, Sari goes, um, there's rumours of Angelotti replacing them. There's rumours of Conte, like a job swap because um, Conte is pretty much down-tooled at Chelsea because um, they they lost the final game of the season at Newcastle. Yeah, embarrassing. Uh, yeah, embarrassing 3-0 defeat. Um, and they've got the cup final next week. So, yeah, it's all going to be um, it's a fun summer of uh, what if some rumours flying around, big transfer dealings, and someone trying to break the Juventus seven in a, year, a seven in a row winning streak. Yeah, and so all credit to Juventus for sure. And there's yeah. one more week, one more, one more weekend to go in Serie A, and we have at least one more podcast coming. Uh, next week is going to be our season recap, uh, crap on a cracker, best uh, best eleven. You do not want to miss that one. Um, so I think on that note, that'll put a bow on this edition of Serie A sit down. Uh, we want to thank Lega Serie A Tim for the highlights and Optopalo for the tidbit for tonight's broadcast. Uh, be sure to listen to us on World Football Index and All In Sports Talk Radio. Um, as I said, next week you want to turn tune in to the to the the recap special. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. We're gonna have some guests on. Um, I first off, I just want to thank uh, Scott. Uh, thank you for joining me tonight as my as my wingman. Um, where can our followers or listeners uh, follow you on social media? Oh no worries, it's happy to see. You. I know I was had a bit distracted with the football on in the background, which um, which Fulham won. Um, it, uh, you can follow me on Twitter it's at Scott underscore Monroe and Scott is with one T and Monroe is M-U-N-R-O-E ah brilliant brilliant uh, anything to plug for us Are you... uh, yeah I'm doing some writing for um, AS Roma 360 where I do previews for Roma oh, Roma games so you'll probably see a Sassuolo Roma game match preview done uh, I'll probably aim to do it maybe Wednesday night before the Europa League final or Thursday evening, um, ahead of Sunday evening's game, and hopefully um, could get some reviews of the season, uh, the Serie A season and the Champions League season, hopefully done in the next week or so. Oh, we will look forward to that. We'll make sure we retweet that. Absolutely, that's uh, that's great to hear. Thank you very much. And also, um, I'm going hopefully going back to college in the summer to do some even courses on journalism. So, oh, nice. Yeah, hopefully that have my late summer taken up. Oh, that's going to be – hopefully you're not too busy to come back on the show again. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, happy, I'll be happy to help out. Oh, that's great. And one of these times we'll get you on with Frank. Uh, it's, yeah. he's, uh, when he's not here, you're my, you're my go-to guy. So – I hope we'll get you on and all three of us can uh, laugh it up. So Yeah, um, shoot the breeze. Absolutely. Um, well, you can find me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N, or you can find, you know, uh, if, if German football is your thing, you can always find me at, at the Shaka Podcast. And uh, I also want to thank uh, 
the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Uh, they had me on this week. Uh, it was it was fun to be on there to talk a little Southampton uh, surviving the Premier League for one more year. So that was great. Um, that, that was a big win last week, wasn't it? It was a joy to watch uh, for sure. Uh, attention if you're if you're if you're uh, if you live in Southampton or a big Saints fan. I know Phil Bonney who does a the commentary for Bundesliga. He was uh, living on the edge of the seat as well. So uh, definitely definitely must see TV. And uh, they got. They got beat by uh, City this weekend, so good goal to uh, to to win the game especially at the death. in dying moments. It was a, a hell of a goal. It was um, nice to see um, an ex-Italian player scoring a winner who looks like he's just woken up in Manolo Gabbiadini because yeah. he's he's had a bit of a rough time in the Premier League. Um, it's a good finish as well from close range, and it was something that. Um, Southampton needed but they've got a couple of good strikers in Charlie Austin who I've seen personally for a couple of years in the lower leagues and he's if it comes good next season Southampton should do well time will tell we'll see what yes. Mark Hughes or the rest of the team can do um, speaking of Italians we want to thank and give our kudos to Juventus again for winning the for winning the Serie A title the machine keeps on rolling. Allegri and the boys, they, just, they find a way to do it every single year. So congratulations on that. Um, on behalf of the panel, thank you for listening, and be sure to tell your paisans about us. Ciao.